Isn't that a beautiful announced person right there? Isn't that just, I really like her. <clears throat> well, let me kind of uh, bring a little bit of clarity with that announcement. Um, uh, Sandy is the wife of uh, a pastor. His name is Michelle that was here, and we met them, and they're from uh, Holland, and they're ministering to a lot of uh, uh, refugees or people that are, that are fleeing from the war in Ukraine, and we were able to send some relief to them, and so we're still in contact with, uh, with what, what is going on over there. And <clears throat> it's amazing that God gives us the ability to make a difference in the world. So Living Word Chapel is making a difference in the world, not just here in this area, which by God's grace, we're able to make a big difference in this area as well. And so uh, God is good in that, in that way. Um, so we're going to continue with a series. We're going to kind of go back to uh, the Gospel of John. So last year, we, we started in the Gospel of John, and I preached uh, 34 messages on John. And we got to chapter 14. And so we're going to continue there. And the, the title, and I think it's pretty fitting, the title is Show Us the Father. Show Us the Father. It answers the question of who is God and what is God like? And what we see in Scripture, especially as we have just finished a series on the Lord's Prayer, is when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he started out with that premise, and he said, pray like this, and he said, our, our Father. And in, in John 14, um, he tells his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. He put himself in the same category as God, and he says, um, uh, in my Father's house are many dwelling places, or uh, another translation says mansions, but it's places where his people are going to make their abode. He's got a, he's, he, he, then he said, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you will also be with me, and you know the way. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know the way. And Jesus said to him, Thomas and disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me or through me. And then we get to this text that we're going we're gonna to study right now. It's vital. It's vital to our faith. See, last year, 2022, our, our focal point was on mental health. And God did amazing things. And I think we've been able to kind of uh, at, uh, not only be alerted to the reality that God wants us to have mental health, but uh, that we are able to have that in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we saw that realization occur. And this year, our, 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 our concentration will be on truth because there's so much deceit in our world. And there's so many things that are trying to pull you away from the, from the truth of who God is this passage, we're going to find who God is from Jesus' perspective, okay? And so if you've got your Bibles, we're going to go to John chapter 14, verse 7. We're going to read through 14, and uh, we will uh, go from there. So here's, here's what the word says. Remember, Jesus had just said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then verse 7. 
If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Now, now just pause right there. Don't you love the questions that the disciples ask? Because we need those. Because all of us in here, we're kind of like, Lord, show us who the Father is and we will be satisfied. And Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Now, I am is very important. I am. When, 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 uh, Moses, uh, when God met Moses at the burning bush and Moses said, who do I say sent me? The Lord said to him, I am that I, I am that I am. So he said, uh, you, you don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? The words that I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. The miracles. All the wonders that that Jesus did say, they, they, they lead you to believe that the Father is in the mist. Amen? No one ever talked like Jesus. You need to know that no one ever said things like this. Verse 12, I tell you the truth. Remember, we're concentrating on truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to, the, going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, we're going to look at that from, from a very, uh, just from, from one of the points so that we don't abuse that because, of course, people will take things that Jesus has said and misalign it. Amen? And say that we should get everything that we ask for. That's not what Jesus is talking about. There's another place in Scripture. He says, if you, if you ask anything according to the will of God, then he will do it. But I've got four points that I think are going to be helpful for, for every one of us of uh, knowing the Father. Okay, here's the first thing that we need, to, we need to kind of take away. Knowing Jesus is the only way for us to have a clear lens of our Heavenly Father. If you believe that, say amen. amen. And the reason that we can testify to that is because Jesus said it himself, verse 7. If you had really known me, he's talking to the disciples. Now, they had walked with him for three years. The disciples had walked. He started his earthly ministry at 30. He went to the cross at 33. So they had had been around him for three years. And Jesus tells them after three years, if you had really known me, then you would know who who my father is. And from now on, you do know him and you've seen him. Notice this important truth that Jesus doesn't say, I am the Father. He says, when you see me, you will know who the Father is. And this passage is vital for when people say or ask, we need to know what or who God is. 
You'll never clearly know who God the Father is until you grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The more that you know Jesus, the more that you will know who the Father is. The Apostle Paul, he's writing to the church in in Ephesus, and he said this. He said, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on the earth. You could say this. Through him, the Father created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He, Christ, made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see. Such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. That's important to us. That there's a lot more happening than what you see. And the unseen world is just as real as the seen world. In fact, in many times, it's more real. All the chaos that goes on around us, all the depravity, all the horrible things that are going on are led by an entity in a dark place. And yet in this, in this whole, whole thing, we find that, that Jesus is supreme. He's over everything. And so there's nothing greater than Jesus in your life. There's no one greater than God in your life. And the reason that's important is because Jesus is God. Jesus is not God the Father. Jesus is God the Son. And then we're going to go into that very next passage. That's next week. We're going to learn about the other, the third person of the Godhead, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. He's a person. And he's, he shows us relationship. If you have a faulty view of God the Father, you'll never have victory in your walk with Jesus. That's why, Philip, his request is so important to me. Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. This is important, beloved, because when you're reading the Old Testament and you read some things that seem very difficult, you'll never understand the Father until you know the Son. The God of the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. And you want to know the God of the Old Testament, you need to know Jesus. Many people have a distorted view of God. Even people who are religious and say they know God, they they see him. People see him as a legalistic God. You got to do this. You got to perform so many things. You got to appease God. When you do what's right on your part, then God will do what's right on his part. The reality is God so loved you, he loved the world. Before you ever did anything, Jesus died for you. Jesus compassionate. Jesus is just merciful. Some see God the Father as a tyrant. You know, he's, he's, just, uh, he's just in heaven with a sledgehammer waiting to see how he can just hit you over the head because of all the wrong that you've done. And he seems so distant from you. But the sledgehammer that belonged to us, Jesus took on the cross at Calvary. That's how much God loves us. God the Son took our place. Some see God as uncaring 
Any, any one of you ever ask, um, God, where are you? I'm going through this difficulty in my life. Where are you, God? I know that you guys never ask that question. Second service, they really struggle with that. But <laughs> Second service, you're going to be hearing this message. It's first service that really struggles, by the way. <laughs> you know, some, some people, uh, you know, they, they, they see him uh, as weak. If God is so, so strong, if God is omnipotent, that means all-powerful, then why is the world in the mess that it's in? And you put that on God instead of putting it on people. The only way that this world would be perfect in the way that you, people think, you know, that, that, you know, God is, why doesn't he just stop all the things from happening? The only way that God would be able to do that if he chose to do it was to make us robots you wouldn't have a choice. You wouldn't have a choice to stay with your wife or leave her. You wouldn't have a choice to stay with your husband or leave him. You wouldn't have a choice to, to, to be kind to someone or throw a rock at them. You wouldn't have a choice to come and put a prayer on a rock or use this rock to hit your enemy over the head with it. Cain and Abel came with a choice. And Cain killed his brother. Why? Because he had a choice. And so when you, re, you understand that the goodness of God is, always comes with choice, and that's what makes love, you will never have love without choices. Love says to me, you know, I, I can choose to, to, to embrace someone. I can choose to, to be there and help them with kindness. I can choose to do all those things. That's a, that's a gift from God. And that's who the Father is. He's not weak. In fact, it's only through God the Father. Revealing Jesus Christ to me that I'm able to love my enemies. It's only through God the Father who revealed himself in Jesus Christ that I'm able to be faithful. That I'm able to walk in, in the patience of, of God. And can I tell you, God places people in my life that will try my, my patience. Some of you are not here. Kind of write this down, if you will. Jesus reveals exactly, Jesus reveals to me, if I'm writing it down, Jesus reveals to me exactly who God the Father is. Jesus is God. Jesus is the second person of the Godhead. God is revealed to us. This is all truth right here. God is revealed to us as triune. Anyone ever heard of the word Trinity? That's a revelation that comes through the scriptures. The Father, this is God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the early church fathers, the early church fathers, after the apostles, the ones that were taught by the apostles, they protected. First of all, the apostles, did. as we read scripture, you'll find them protecting uh, false teaching, like Gnosticism. Gnosticism is where we get the word gnosis from their knowledge. 
It's this hidden knowledge that, that if the, the certain elite would have this hidden knowledge. And only they would be able to know who God is. And they ref- the, the, the apostles refuted that teaching. And that even comes into the church today. That there's these special people that the, you've got this elite revelation that only you have and other people don't have that. That's a bunch of bologna and macaroni and cheese. Everyone who knows Jesus Christ has the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Everyone who, who knows Jesus Christ has full access to the Father. You've got the ability to have a relationship with God Almighty. You, it's not you being a pastor that you, you know, you're closer to God. It, it doesn't work that way. If you have Jesus as Lord, the Holy Spirit dwells in your soul and in your heart. And you've got God. And you begin to know God the Father when you know Jesus. This is what Ignatius of Antioch wrote in, in uh, AD 107. He said this, Since also there is but one begotten being, God, even the Father, and one only begotten Son, God, the Word and man, and that's important right there because what he's solidifying is that, uh, that, that Jesus was fully 100% man, and yet at the same time he was 100% God. Very important for us to, to, to grab a hold of. That's truth. And one comforter, the spirit of truth, and also one preaching and one faith and one baptism. This is a very important testimony of a church father, a leader, who was living when some of the apostles were still alive, and he was taught by them. And he stood firm against false teachings, uh, especially docetism, Docetism was a, the teaching that Christ did not have a real or physical body, but only an apparent one or a phantom one, because the Christ could, could or would never suffer physically. But he refuted that. So did the early teachers. The orthodoxy of the church was that Jesus did die in the, in the flesh. That's why when he rose from the dead, he went to the apostles and he said to Thomas, Thomas, you're doubting. I want you to put your fingers right here in the holes. Feel this. I'm a man. I'm a real man. I'm 100% man, but I'm 100% God. And that's very important for us to understand. When Jesus commissioned his disciples, this is important for us as well. This is an important teaching. When, when, when Jesus commissioned his disciples, he said, I want you to go. I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. And I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, teach them to observe everything that I've taught you. He's talking to the apostles to do that. And guess what? Every church, every church that's walking in orthodoxy, this is important for you to grab a hold of if you're walking with Christ, every church that is walking in orthodoxy in modern times should be baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The three persons of the Godhead. Here's uh, the, the point number two. So if you've got point number one, say amen. 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 Okay. Here's point number two. Jesus is not the Father. Say amen if you believe that. Amen. amen. Okay. It's a very important distinction. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Jesus, in saying these words, brought clarity to Philip's question, and he helps make this clear to us now in modern 
times. Remember that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Never, 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 never in any one of those things does he say, I am the Father. Another church father, Irenaeus, he wrote about 180 AD. He put it like this. And the reason I'm bringing these church fathers is, is because history teaches us important things. Irenaeus put it like this. The church, though dispersed throughout the world, the whole world, even to the ends of the earth, has received from the apostles and their disciples this faith. She believes, and she, the reason it says she, the, the, the church is the bride of Christ. Jesus is the bridegroom, the church is the bride. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. So when it talks about she, it's talking about the bride of Christ, the church. She believes in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are in them. And in one Christ Jesus, the Son of God, who became incarnate for our salvation. And in the Holy Spirit, notice how it says, and... And, and in the Holy Spirit, who proclaimed through the prophets the dispensations of God and the advents and the birth from a virgin and the passion. The passion is, is, is we, as we get ready for Easter, the passion is when Jesus went to the cross. And the passion and the resurrection from the dead and the ascension into heaven in the flesh of the beloved Christ Jesus our Lord. And his future manifestation from heaven in the glory of the Father to gather all things in one. Amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. Can I tell you something, beloved? This is important truth right here, because let me say this. A lot of times that we worry about, I want to be a good dad, I want to be a good mom, I want seven ways that I can become a better, a better person, all these different things. Can I tell you, those right there are good, but they're irrelevant to what's really important in life, and that's knowing God as your Savior and knowing truth, and being embedded in truth. Because let me tell you something, beloved. Whenever hard times come, and they come, I don't know what 2023 is going to bring in my life, but I know that there's going to be some difficulties. Because I live in a world that's difficult. Amen? The most important thing for me to stand firm and anchored in is the truth of who God is, and that my Father loves me no matter what I'm going through. And I know this through Jesus the Son. This confirms what we read in Scripture, especially the words of Jesus. And this is, this is so vital. This is why I tell you guys, this is important. I tell you guys, it's, it, you guys need to be checking every word that I say. So, you know, it doesn't matter what Pastor James says. It matters if it aligns itself with the word of truth. My, my goal in life and my task, the, what God has for Pastor James, is for me to teach you about him and then to raise other people up that are going to teach you about him. Because at the end of the day, I'm not the savior Jesus is. And so many people have their eyes on people that are behind the pulpit instead of putting their eyes on Jesus, who's the eternal word of God. Here's another important truth that we get from scripture. And we, we, we can really grab a hold of how important this is. Jesus is not the Father, but he sits at the Father's right hand. The writer of Hebrews put it like this. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. Who's the Son? Jesus. 
So he radiates the Father's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by, his, by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, and that's important to me because the word of God is true. So it tells me that Jesus, he cleansed me from my sins, past, present, future. He's still my atonement in my present, and he will be my atonement, my propitiation into the future. He's a worthy sacrifice that no matter what I do, when I confess it, he will cleanse me from all wickedness and make me right. Okay, I'm not, I'm not done yet because look at, what, look at what else it says. He cleansed us from our sins. That After he cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? At the right hand of the Father in heaven. Does that make sense? The apostle Peter put it like this, preaching his first message in in Acts chapter 2. He says, this Jesus God raised up and of that we are all witnesses. So, so, so Peter's saying, you know what? And this is important to us. See, we don't follow a false narrative as Christians. We follow a true narrative that is confirmed by witnesses. Peter said, we saw Jesus alive after he rose from the dead. We're all witnesses of that. He said, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God... And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing for yourselves right now. And can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is still moving across the world, bringing people to Jesus. We're going to learn about him next week. You need him. I need him. He's my comforter. He's my helper. He's a spirit of truth. The way that we grow in, 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 in truth is by the Holy Spirit illuminating the word of God to us. How many of you are different because the word of God is, is, is a central piece of your life? It's a central part of your life. See, here's the thing, beloved. You've got to see what the word says so you can hear the words of God. You've got to do that. Here's point number three. The works of Jesus point us to the good, good father that Christ came to reveal. Why do I say that? Because the God of the Old Testament gets a bad rap. I've had so many questions from people that are studying, studying the Old Testament. I've had people, ladies come to me recently. They've been in the Old Testament, and one of the studies that Nanette Soule is doing, she does a wonderful job. Nanette does Route 66. But they're like, oh, my goodness, Pastor. Can you believe this? Says, that, that, that God that, that you're looking at right there is the same merciful God that came and died for our sins. My, my circumstances may not be good. My health may not be good, but my God is very good. Simply said, God is good, and God is good all the time. And Jesus reveals his truth. He said this in in verse 10. 
and 11, he says, the words that I speak are not my own, but my father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the father and the father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. So the miracles of Christ do at least three things. The first thing they do is they point. That's why they're called signs and wonders. What does a sign do? It points us. It directs us. Speed limit, 55. And some of you guys say, I can't drive 55. Go all Sammy Hagar on me. That that dates me. But they point, the miracles point us to the Father. They point us to the the goodness of God. Many of you are miracles in here. How many of you can raise your hand and say, I'm a miracle? God has done something amazing in my life. I'm a miracle. That's the God, his miracle points us to the Father and his goodness. The second thing that miracles do, when Jesus did miracles, they made people go, ah, wonders. How many of you have left, are left with amazement at the goodness of God? Ah, oh, I can't believe he did that. I was, a, I was a drunkard. I was a womanizer. I was this. I was that. But God had mercy on me. And God changed me from the inside out. He began to work in my heart. And only God, only God could change me from the inside out. That's Jesus. But it reveals to us how incredible the Father is. And it also testifies to every one of us that your neighbor's too, your neighbor or your person down the street or the person in the community carrying a backpack is not too far gone because God is bigger than that. The miracle working power of God. Can I even say something? Can I say something for a service? Our country is not too far gone for God if we just pray. If my people will pray. And if they'll humble themselves. God says, I I have the ability to heal the land. That's a wonderful God. That's who the Father is. Another thing that miracles do is they reveal the power of God. When, 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 when Jesus did miracles, the, the word to describe the miracles was dunamis. It's a Greek word where we get the word dynamite from. Powerful. There is nothing too big for Jesus. And what does it reveal to us? There's nothing too big for the Father. That, that's the God that wants to have a relationship with, with you. That's the God that wants to have a relationship with me. He's a good God. Amen. Here's the fourth thing, point number four. There is a multitude of spiritual benefits to those who believe because Jesus is with the Father. He intercedes for us. The difficulty that you're going through, you have a a high priest 
In the order of Melchizedek, well, I'm not going to explain that right now. We'll look at that later on. But in the order of Melchizedek, it says we have a high priest that, 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 that he stands there and he intercedes for whatever temptation that you're going through. And Jesus was tempted just like us. All the things that, that we struggle with, Jesus had to face that. In fact, he faced the devil for 40 days and 40 nights when he fasted in the wilderness. And guess who won? Jesus. And because he's with the Father, there are benefits for you and there's benefits for me. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask for anything in my name and I will do it. And here's, here's, here's my take on it, okay? Pastor James's take. Okay, so... so can, how can we do greater miracles in Jesus? Think about it. I mean, he did everything. He raised the dead, Lazarus. He fed the 5,000 one time, 4,000 another time with a couple of, uh, uh, two fish, a couple fish and four or five loaves of bread. Casted out demons. He brought mental health to people. He, uh, he, he, he just did one thing after another. There, I mean, there is nothing that we can do, but here's what we can do that are greater. It's because Jesus was one person, but he commissioned his apostles and he gave them the Holy Spirit. Every believer has the Holy Spirit. So all of us working together can do a lot of work for the glory of God. Are you with me? Every one of us has a, has a part to play in the kingdom. And that part that we play is to bring in, bringing glory to the Father in whatever he calls us to do. Paul, writing again to the church in Ephesus, he said, he said there is one body and one spirit. And ju just as you have been with, I mean, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future, there is one Lord, the Lord is Jesus, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of us all who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And he goes on and he names the gifts. He says some are apostles, some are prophets, some are evangelists, some are pastors, some are teachers. And the pastors and the teachers have been called to equip the saints for the work of service. And every one of you that is walking with Jesus Christ, everyone that has Christ living in you, which is the hope of glory, you're able to bring hope to a world that's hopeless without God. And he calls you to be the light in a dark world. And he calls you to be the salt in a tasteless earth. And you and Jesus, together through the power of the Holy Spirit, are difference makers for the glory of God. And the proof of that is that Jesus is not dead. He's alive. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. <laughs> yeah. And I call that a great benefit for me. I call that a great benefit, beloved, because when, you, when you're down in, the, in, in, the, in, in, in a depressed state, when, when this world is throwing you a curve, when you're going through things that are, that are bigger than you, there's a, there's a risen Lord 
that leads us to the Father. And that Father cares about us. And he holds us in our most difficult of times. And we will make it through. We will prevail because of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, I pray for that person right now that maybe they're on the, they're right there on the fence, Lord God. They're right there at the threshold of faith and they haven't taken that step. But today you've spoken to them about the reality of the Father, the reality of the Son, the reality of the, of the Holy Spirit. And I just pray for that person right now that they will just embrace you through faith and believe that you are the answer that you are the hope that they need, that you are the strength that they need. There is not a person sitting here today that is not longing for you or we wouldn't be here, Father. There's something that's, that has drawn us here and what's drawn us here is the Almighty God. So I just pray right now in Jesus' name for that person to take that step of faith and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. As I pray this, this, this prayer, Jesus, I need you in my life. I'm tired of trying to do life on my own. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you went to the cross and you died for all my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead on the third day. And today I accept you as my Lord. I choose to follow you from this day forward. And I confess you as my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, this is just for you and between you and God. Just maybe on the, on the orange connect card, just put, you know, a check it or whatever. Just say, I said yes to Jesus. I'm going to follow him from this day forward. If you said yes to Jesus and you're watching online, just know that God is there. He's with you. Your, your, your new life starts today. And if second service, if you're watching this, and maybe many, some of you or many of you are, are putting your faith in Jesus, there's a great plan for you. And God is going to do great things. Let's give Jesus a big applause because he's worthy of our praise.